0: Hi everyone, Uh, True Blue LA Podcast, Jacob Birch, Eric Steven. Uh, We'll be discussing Trevor Bauer having a restraining order placed against him and being put on administrative leave. We'll be going to a break before we do, but as a content and trigger warning, discussion will include descriptions of sexual assault. We won't be talking much baseball today, but we'll include a timestamp in the show notes when we do. Um, We'll be back after this. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for
1: free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky?
0: All right, Eric, uh, why don't you go through what happened with Trevor Bauer last week?
2: Okay, so um, I, on Tuesday, uh, June 29th, we're recording this the following Tuesday, July 6th. Um, but last Tuesday, a judge in the Los Angeles Superior Court uh, granted a temporary restraining order against Bauer, uh, stemming from two sexual encounters one in April, one in mid May. Um, among the things, uh, the the victim, the woman mentioned in the restraining order, was an acute head injury, uh, assault by manual strangulation. Um, from a report in the Athletic, who had a copy of the restraining order, um, said she also said that in one of those in- incidents, while unconscious, Bauer penetrated her anally, which she did not consent to in advance. Again, apologies for these references. Just sort of um, uh, painting a picture uh, here, uh, one of Bauer's agents, uh, John Federoff denied all the claims in a statement. Um, uh, I've written about this. I will link to these. I am not going to read the statements, uh, in full. Um, Cheryl ring at the beyond the box score, who is an attorney, um, sort of had a really good piece explaining the legal ins and outs of consent. Uh, a couple key points from her piece. Um, Quote, every state has enacted a statute which states that you cannot consent to the infliction of grievous bodily harm. Another quote, a person must be awake, aware, and able to understand the consequences of their actions to give valid consent. Um, those are just a couple of things. Um, now, in response to uh, Cheryl's article, uh, Bauer's team, uh, one of the claims uh, in the restraining order that was mentioned she was being evaluated for a possible skull fracture. And uh, I, I saw in a couple articles, um, the athletic uh, Sports Illustrated, I believe Stephanie Epstein wrote about it as well. In, in like all three cases, Bauer's um, PR team uh, r- representatives sent uh, over like a, a copy of the medical records, um, which by the way, uh, included uh the victim's name unredacted, which just, just infuriating, but, um, noting that there was actually no skull fracture, um, showing like CT scan results and all this, uh, just throwing that out there, but that's sort of where we're at. Um, Bauer's team also sent screenshots, including to me when I reported on the, um, restraining order, um, showing text interactions between Bauer and the woman. There's about two, um, screenshots of this, um, including a picture of the woman. Uh, So these are like sort of examples of why I think a lot of assault victims are like very hesitant to come forward because they're facing an uphill battle in, in one sense. Like it's hard enough, like going through what they went through. Yeah, and then, but to get, like, to the point where it's, you know, anything is done because of it, like, prosecutable, uh, any sort of um, um, justice, I guess, uh, when you have an imbalance in, like, the relationship in terms of, like, you know, Bauer has millions at his disposal, um, who could, he can sort of afford to, like, go on the... uh, Defensive here, PR wise, but the point is like for, for the age, the the PR team to sort of throw out um, the victim's name unredacted. Like most reporters aren't including that um, in their reporting, but just the fact that like they're just willy nilly sharing this. Um, they include and then also the, the the text messages with the picture of the woman. Like you're you're just basically like, um, putting a target on her, and I like I, that's that's a problem. But um, just following through the timeline, here, um, Tuesday, June 29th, ninth, uh, the restraining order was filed in Los Angeles. By Wednesday, uh, both the Athletic and ESPN. Had reported on the details of the restraining order, which had you know some of the stuff we mentioned above. The Dodgers were off that day; they were flying to Washington D.C. Uh, I looked this up over the weekend. Uh, the, there's been six times when a, um, a domestic an MLB player um, underwent like an investigation with the league while uh, for an incident that happened in season. Um, there are six times it happened. Five times that player was placed on administrative leave within 24, hour, either 24 hours of either the incident itself or when news uh, became known. Um, this was Hector Oliveira, um, Roberto Osuna, Addison Russell, Oduba Herrera, and Julio Urias, uh, the latter 2019 with the Dodgers. Um, the one that took a little bit longer was Domingo Herman of the Yankees. He was the only starting pitcher of this group. I'll get why that's relevant in a moment. Um, his incident came on September 16th, 2019. He actually pitched two days later. And then the next day after that was placed on administratively by MLB. The Yankees said at the time they did not know of the incident before he was placed on leave. So like it happened, but no one really knew about it until a few days later. So it wasn't like they they put him out there knowing this. Um uh, of note here, also, Marcelo Zuna was arrested this year on May 29th uh, for uh, one of the charges was aggravated assault, strangulation, and battery family violence. Um, now, they, he has not been placed on administrative leave yet, but the only, pretty much the only reason for that is because he has two broken fingers and is on the injured list for a while. So he's like out of sight, out of mind. Um, that's not the case with Bauer, who's like, who, as of last week was still in the Dodgers rotation. Um, so with the, by this timeline, it was pretty clear that like Thursday was the day for MLB to act. Like, you know, it's been two days since the restraining order, one day since like reports of the restraining order are out there. So like, you already have like a, uh, a public perception of this. Uh, yet uh, MLB didn't put him on administrative leave yet. Now that put a, uh, the Dodgers in a situation where t- technically the CBA says um, an MLB team cannot punish the player uh, for this unless MLB directs it to do so. Now punishment can mean a lot of things, but like it's the Dod- what the Dodgers response was um, was like. Even disappointing by those standards. Um, Dave Roberts was asked. Bauer was scheduled to start Sunday uh, in Washington, uh, and Roberts said MLB instructed the Dodgers not to do anything. And then the quote was, "It's out of our hands," which was deeply unsatisfying. Right? Like um, at that point, you sort of you already have an idea what's going on. I think. It, it was terrible that MLB didn't already act and put him on administrative loop because that was very clearly going to be what was going to happen. And they finally did on Friday. But to have Roberts put in that position and then to give that answer was disappointing. Like, this is a team that, um, like, you could have just said, you know, it, it, it's a distraction right now. We want to make sure his heads in the game. What, whatever you have to say, but like you, even if if you even if you don't level with us, you can BS your way through it, like like they have on many occasions before. Like Walker Bueller, this is not related. I mean, it, it, but in just in terms of the the way sort of things get rationalized, at least publicly, um, Walker Bueller was optioned um, during the All Star break in two thousand eighteen. Um, he was pitching like fine, you know, and he was down for like the minimum 10 days. And then they brought him back up. Now it was because it was basically so he could still like start in the minors, I believe. I, I, I forgot to look back. I don't, I don't remember if he actually made a start with them or he just like took the break off. But the fact that they, they optioned him, um, all of a sudden at the end of 2018, he was four days shy of having a full year of major league service time, which means. He was a free agent after 2020. He's going to be free agent after 2024 instead of 2023. And, like, how convenient that was. At the time, uh, Dave Roberts said, um, you know, it was just a, like, a uh, I forgot what he said, procedural move, something like that. And, like, you know, just BS if you have to. But, like, there was no way Bauer was going to start Sunday. It was obvious. Yet, they were put in a position and did not deliver and, on and that. And his teammates yeah. were
0: put in, an, in a position where, like, he went on the road trip. Like, yeah. Right.
2: Oh yeah, that was the other thing. So, Thursday night, the Dodgers won a rain-shortened game. Max Muncy hit a grand slam. I I actually did not watch that game. I was off for a couple days. But I saw the highlight of Max Muncy's grand slam and then at the end of the highlight, like Bowers in there in the dugout, like like and imagine this from a a fan perspective. Like obviously, I think there's a lot of fans who are like innocent until proven guilty. This isn't about like criminal proceedings, right? This is about – what about like um, Dodgers fans who are like survivors of sexual assault or, um, you know, just any any sort of uh, domestic violence and they have to sit here and watch this guy who, who like the allegations are out there, right? Like um, it, it's it's very public what he's being accused of at this point and he's still in your dugout. Like what does that say, right? Um, that's a perception issue, and that's that's where the Dodgers, like, I think failed in this regard. Again, MLB should not have put them in that position, but uh, it was just wholly disappointing all the way around. Um, so Friday, the official award came down. Um, Bauer was placed on leave. It's paid leave for now. It's It lasts up to seven days. Uh, MLB can ask the Players Union for approval for an extension, which happens, like, all the time. Uh, of the seven – uh, previous players uh, who were placed on administrative leave. Um, five of them had at least one extension. A uh, sixth there, um, Jose Reyes, uh, He his leave was converted to a paid suspension until the completion of his legal proceedings, uh, which MLB has the right to do. Now, there's the All-Star break this weekend. Bowers' court hearing is on July 23rd. I, so it's, like, very likely that his leave is going to be extended until at least that. Now, MLB is uh, currently investigating, so is the Pasadena police. But, like, that's, that's sort of where we're at. Now, Roberts on Monday, I guess, sort of free of the uh, constraint of MLB not acting, uh, they, he was asked because, you know, if, if Bauer's seven days were up, He could have technically like started this coming Friday. Roberts was asked about that. If he's going to start before the all-star break. And he said, I don't see it happening. So he's capable of giving that kind of an answer. (laughs) Like, uh, you know, obviously different, not, not exactly apples to apples here, but that's, that's sort of where we're at now. I think part of the reason why MLB was waiting was because Bowers is starting pitcher. He wasn't playing until Sunday. And I think, they're sort of um, thinking on this was that it, they want to maximize the window. If it's seven days, you, you started on Sunday at the, at the, that means he'll the, even if it only lasts seven days, the he could only pitch like on that Sunday before the all-star break. So I think they wanted to start the clock as late as possible, but what they ignored was the, like the damage they're already doing, by leaving him, like, with the team, with the allegations out there and forcing the team to answer questions, forcing players to answer questions. Um, So, I don't know. It's just one of these things where MLB was slow to act because they waited until they got bad press. Like, you had by Thursday night, I think, uh, Ken Rosenthal wrote uh, MLB. There's no way MLB can allow Trevor Bauer to start Sunday. Bill Plasky wrote the same effect. Like, other people were writing this, like, it was so clear that he wasn't starting Sunday and it was so disappointing that they didn't act soon enough. But this is also a sport that has been terribly slow to like react to um, how, like how badly uh, women are treated within the sport. Like you look, Jared Porter was like a rising star among like executives um, hired for the GM job. Then it came out that he uh, like was sent dick pics to a woman reporter and like and then he was eventually fired. Uh, Mickey Calloway, uh, a report from The Athletic, uh, when, when he was in Cleveland, they said it was uh, the worst kept secret in baseball that he was like a womanizer. And five different women at first came out to The Athletic uh, reporting uh, Calloway, like harassing them in some way over previous years. It happened in three different cities. Uh, he since got hired uh, by the Mets and then by the Angels. Both of those men uh, were suspended finally this year. They're suspended through at least the 2022 season, but the fact that they were sort of fostered within the industry uh, until it sort of happened, like, shows you sort of where MLB is at, and they're, they're very far behind in terms of um, how they treat women. And, like, this is just – they're just, like, slow to see that kind of stuff. Now, um, Dave, Dave Stewart uh, not hasn't been, like, related with the Dodgers uh, in, in a long time, uh, outside of, I guess, his last what time was being Matt Kemp's agent. Um, but he was a former pitcher for the team. Uh, he was on the 1981 team. The Dodgers are celebrating the uh, 40th anniversary of that team uh, this, later this year. And he told them uh, he's not going to come because of the way they handled the Bauer situation. And uh, uh, Bob Nightingale reported on this. Um, I'm just quoting from Nightingale here. Uh, he said he received an email that read, quote, the team and the Players Association support the player until he's guilty. That's a infuriating statement for the team to send Dave Stewart, allegedly, which is what he said. Stewart, in the Nightingale piece, um, kind of summed it up here. <laughs> I'm just going to quote, um, I know they owe him a lot of money, but the right thing to do is distance yourself from that guy. I don't want him in my clubhouse. If you're a teammate, you can't support him. And if you're a teammate supporting him, what are you standing for? So that this gives you an idea of sort of where we're at now in terms of Bauer, there's a criminal investigation still ongoing again, something from Nightingale, the Pasadena police department said, uh, quote, the investigation is bigger than we thought. Um, He's actually under investigation for uh, felony assault at the point at the moment. MLB is also running a concurrent investigation into Bauer. Now, uh, I just want to point out now, the there's been seven previous players uh, placed on administrative leave since the domestic uh, violence policy began in 2015. All seven were suspended eventually. Um, average of 62 games. Uh, Urias got the, the shortest uh, suspension there, 20 games. Um, the maximum was 82 Hector Oliveira. Five of the seven were arrested. Uh, Addison Russell and... Um, Domingo Herman were not. Uh, charges were dropped on every single one except Hector Oliveira, who served a 10-day sentence for misdemeanor assault in 2016. Uh, again, Bauer's under investigation for felony assault. The point here is you don't have to be arrested or charged to be suspended by Major League Baseball. So Bauer is almost certainly going to be suspended at some point. The only question is how long. And that gets us to sort of the like this broad overview of like uh, how – It's weird that, like, an employer is sort of dealing with this in a way, although it's a very public employer. So, like, I understand it's not, and then there again, it's not the the court of law or anything like that. But, uh, I was listening to um, Kevin Goldstein's podcast, Chin Music, on Fangraphs last week, and Tim Marchman was on. Uh, He's reported on um, domestic violence in in sports uh, for several years. Uh, I'm just going to quote here uh, part of his one of his sort of uh, this was sort of a broad overview of how leagues um, should sort of handle like domestic violence cases. And I I thought this was a good perspective. I'm just going to quote the best place to start from is probably centering victims, centering people who make claims, make allegations, figuring out what is going to be the thing that will most support them. Most encourage people who are in those positions to come forward and least interfere, interfere with the legal processes that need to happen to obtain them justice. There's not in any way going to be a good or satisfying or easy answer to any of that. Anything that is primarily oriented around making a team or league look good is probably going to be the wrong strain of response. And I, that's a, end quote. I think that's where MLB is, it tends to usually act right there. They're sort of covering their bases, making um, anything that makes the league look bad. They react to, but I kind of too late a lot. Um, So I don't trust that they're looking out for the best interest of the victim, but they're looking to what's going to make this go away as quickly as possible. And that speaks to the Dodgers
0: as well, just in that passing the buck is just like, how can we, look like there's nothing we can do. Well we'll just pass it to Major League Baseball and let them handle it. One, you you've seen how they've handled it. You know they're gonna botch they, it.
2: They swept they swept the Alex Verdugo allegations under the rug when Gabe Kapler was around. Um that that was handled incredibly poorly um at the time. Um yeah, like it's just it's it really is covering your ass. Like they I don't. I was looking back because I, I thought they said this, but I, I couldn't find anywhere that they actually said this. But remember, they backed out of the deal for Roldis Chapman when his um, domestic violence stuff came out, um, and then uh, a couple years later, when Roberto Osuna was sort of acquired on the cheap by the Astros because he was uh, uh, on administrative leave at the time, he ended up getting a seventy-five game suspension his first game back active was at Dodger stadium. So the Dodgers sort of involved in that and they were like kind of puffing out their chest and saying, well, he's not for us. And then like two years, I guess a year later, they have Julio Urias uh, get suspended under the system. They never said like zero tolerance or anything like that, but it is like, you know, well, he's, you know, we'll, you know, we'll let him uh, rehabilitate that kind of stuff. And, you know, seems like by all accounts he, he did, but like, just there's no, there's no heroes here. Right. Like, like, like that, that's sort of the, the point, but like, yeah, that's where, that's where we're at. Um, I don't, I don't suspect this will get solved anytime soon. The next, the next sort of important probably uh, date here is July 23rd. When, when Bauer has a chance to respond in court to the restraining order, and then we'll see where it goes from there. You know, maybe he gets charged uh, criminally by then who knows. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's not it's not good in any way, shape, or form.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm, yeah, just angry. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's. I mean, it's incredibly frustrating, like for, on on several levels. And uh, I don't blame anyone for being angry. It's you know, I, I'm angry. Like it's just it's just bad. Like sh- shouldn't uh, this stuff shouldn't be happening? And it is so yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now.
0: We are going to talk, just do a very brief uh, catch up on the week and then we're done. Um, we're not around next week. Eric has the week off. So we'll be back uh, the week after that. But like I said, we will talk a little bit uh, about what happened after this.
2: Step into the world of power, loyalty,
1: 18 plus
0: there was some baseball that happened
2: over the last week uh you want to want to go through it eric yeah um (laughs) so i think when we recorded last week the dodgers had won four in a row i think they won the last three against chicago and then the first game against the giants um, and then they ran that winning streak to nine. Uh, they they were no hit, you know, week and a half ago, and then they, they won nine straight after that. They lost actually um, on Monday in Miami, first day of a four game series. They played an eight a.m. game uh, Pacific time on Sunday, which was interesting. Um,
0: after that playing was a, a delayed seven. Oh, game. that's
2: yeah. That, that game ended okay. So local time, I think it ended uh maybe maybe just after midnight or something like that because it was like yeah so it was like it was a one hour and 44 minute rain delay um so yeah then they played at 11 local (laughs) just brutal um but yeah like you know and so yesterday too uh in in the Dodger game they actually sort of they were down four two in the eighth and they rallied there was a bunch of walks and then like um, the game-tying sacrifice fly was by Cody Bellinger, who off the bat seemed to hit it like 570 feet, roughly, <laughs> it, uh, and it somehow didn't go out. He's he's in like a slump right now. He didn't start Monday. Um, he's in like a one-for-22 slump with like 10 strikeouts. And, he, you know, he hasn't – the defense has been great, but he hasn't really hit a ton this year because, you know, obviously stops and starts, all that kind of stuff. Dave Roberts the other day said, "Well, he's also like always an optimist, and he, you know, he's saying like his swings are good. It's you know, it's going to happen, that kind of stuff. But um, it really did look like he hit that a mile, and it somehow didn't go out. Um, but that would have given them a six four lead rather than a uh, or what seven four, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was rough. So uh, that like that was the loss." But yeah, whatever, like they're they're still sort of keeping pace with the Giants. I think they've been uh, half a game apart for like, I think it's five straight days now. Um, so the other news in the last week, the All-Star rosters were announced um, last week. So the Dodgers did not get any start, uh, starters voted by the fans. Uh, Max Muncy finished second at first base to Freddie Freeman. Um Muncy was also a very close second in the players vote at first base to Freeman. So he got elected as a reserve by the players. Uh, Dave Roberts did say, because he's the manager um, for the national league that Max Muncy would start at DH for him. So Max Muncy is actually starting. It'll be the first, the first Dodger to start at DH in an all-star game. Um, Chris Taylor made the all-star team as a first timer. He was a commissioner selection. Um, I will link again in the show notes to um, – I wrote a piece sort of outlining how rosters are chosen. A lot of people think the managers have a say. They do not. Um, Mookie Betts, as we talked about last episode, was a a player selection, which was always going to happen. Even in the down year, he's still having a pretty good year. It's his fifth all-star selection. He was fourth among National League outfielders both in fan balloting and in player voting. So he got a player's uh, selection. So, but those are the only three. Um, I just thought it was really like you could make a case against like every Dodger pitcher who might be deserving um, of an all star nod. It's just they have like the best ERA, the best strikeout rate. I believe it's the second best FIP and second best walk rate. And they have no pitchers on the set. Like Kenley has like a 130 ERA again his strikeout rate is also like the lowest in like 4 years his walk rate is his highest ever uh, i get it right like there there's all sorts of arguments why there's a lot of really good pitchers like max Scherzer didn't make it either um but it it's just weird like i i would have thought someone would have trickled in but also between now and like the all star game they're going there's going to be a lot of replacements like so like a lot of these some of the pitchers like starters are going to pitch on Sunday, so they probably won't be available. So there's going to be replacement people. So it's, I don't think it's that – it's not like a, a grave injustice or anything. I just thought it was weird that none of the pitchers got in. The other thing would be, um, I you know, Will Smith definitely had a case. They only, Each team only took two catchers, which is weird. I think over the last 10 years or so, uh, average – usually averages about three per roster. Uh, Justin Turner – Probably should have made it at third base. Uh, Nolan Aranato winning the fan vote sort of threw a wrench into that. Um, but, yeah, like uh, that's sort of where we're at. Um, the All-Star game will be next week. Uh, we are I'm taking the week or uh, like four days off the break, basically. So we're not going to record next week. We'll have something uh, in two weeks from now. But hopefully uh, we can uh, talk a little bit about baseball. But uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I know it was a tough app, And thanks for staying with us. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks.